Uh, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And we are here with Sharita. What's up, Sharita? How you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah, you're super awesome. Oh, no. Stop it. Now all of us are going to be in our eyes. <laughs> no we really like you're one of the people that we wanted to have on here i remember uh when the 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 comedy zoom heydays uh you're always so funny uh you used to make me laugh all the time just like your little reactions and your remarks to people i loved it you you low-key you. You low roasted everybody mm-hmm. i didn't mean to it was, <laughs> it was surprising to hear and i'm like can we say that and i'm always like and then sure sometimes it so seemed funny. like it was a therapy session so i'm just like all right okay <laughs> hell yeah it's it's been it's been it's been uh quite the adventure but it's been fun yes yeah so tell us about you Sharita. you're uh i know you're in el paso texas are you from el paso where are you from i am originally from brooklyn new york and wow. um, yes i'm a, new, a native new yorker but you know some people are like nah you're not a native no more you don't live here so <laughs> i'm in texas yeah, I'm in El Paso, Texas, because like many before me, the Army said, you know what, you should go there. And I've been here for going on 14 years now. Wow. You seem very Texas to me. You even have kind of a the accent a little bit. Oh, don't say that. To <laughs> <laughs> I thought, no, I could have sworn that you, you were born and raised in Texas. You seem very Texas to me. <laughs> oh, you know, I know. Yeah. I've never even been there. It's okay. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. I've had a couple people say, you know, like they hear the twang. And I'm like, all right, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say you you've settled in very nicely. So what's like what's like growing up for you in New York? So New York, Brooklyn, New York, it was like uh, a little difficult. You have to be more street smart and savvy than book smart. Yeah, you know. So like, I had to like grow up real quick because I've I've been short all my life. I'm like five nothing, you know. So I'm like in the streets fighting. You know, five finger discount, and you're not <laughs> living the city life. You know, so it, it's uh, mostly that when you can navigate. Um, the, there's five boroughs in New York, so if you can get on the train, bus, and just travel through a big city like that at the age of 12, 13 years old, there's no reason to like nobody can stop you. You know, there's no way. There's no way like go outside. Most people don't like to go outside. I get that, but living in a city you have to know how to navigate the city the streets where to go where not to go who to talk to who not to talk to yeah. and just yeah. have that street smart knowledge hell yeah that's not that's very yeah. true that is very true yeah. did you um to- did you grow up there and then live there until you joined the military yes i was, uh, went to i graduated high school then i tried to go to college for two years in the 1990 i graduated high school in 1995 <laughs> nice. i'm old <laughs> and in 1997, it just wasn't working out for me. I couldn't, like, find my niche in school. When I was supposed to be in school learning, I was in a pool hall learning how to play pool. And, <laughs> learning something. You know, yes, exactly. But that wasn't getting me anywhere. And I didn't know that you have to pay for school. I didn't have money to pay for school. So I did what most people did. I raised my right hand at the age of 21, and I joined on. Wow. And then I've been in ever since. Because I said, I did get out. I did my first four years, um, got out in 2003. That was a little scary because my first deployment, they sent me to Kuwait. And uh, we didn't have showers, bathrooms, tents to sleep in. We were sleeping in vehicles. 
um, it was during like the Operation Desert Storm, like the end of it. We were coming in there, and our mission was to see if soldiers could live in that um, environment. And yeah, so we were like the test dummies, I guess, for four months. Yeah, like like guinea pigs on a on an yeah, environment literally. that wasn't really like livable to see if you could do it. That's crazy. It wasn't, you know. And then being a female, we have female needs. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, we don't, we, if you didn't bring enough, you didn't bring enough. We leaking everywhere. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, so, that um, sucks. So I was yeah. grateful when they invite, invented the depot shot. I was on a depot for a little bit. Um, and then, like I said, it was traumatizing to be away from home because you already, when you first, like my first duty station was Fort Hood, Texas. So from Fort Hood, I deployed to Kuwait. Right. Wow. And I, I joined the fan, the friends and family plan. My one of, I'm the oldest of four. One of my brothers was already stationed at Fort Hood. So he's like, yeah, come on down. I get here to Fort Hood. He goes to Korea. Oh, dang. So basically I was at Fort Hood by myself. <laughs> Man, that's yeah. scary. That's crazy. Cause you know, you have all these street smarts that you had from oh, New York, yeah. but now you're in a whole different kind of world. Right? yeah because it's like well there's no train so how do you get around you're not walking in the desert yeah. and the weirdest thing is you see the, the the kuwaitis are walking in the desert they're nomads they have nomad culture at the time remember this is 2000 that's a 2001 we were there so they're walking in the desert they have their livestock which is mostly camel and if they had kids no kids you just see the caravan just walking and i'm like we just drove like 25 miles from the desert to like, another part of desert where they coming from right like 25 <laughs> oh miles from the God. next civilization right it's like not even you're just wow. out there out wow. there so you That's see people crazy. you're like mm-hmm. In the middle and of we nowhere. don't speak the language i don't speak kuwaiti no. <laughs> yeah i'd imagine not how long were you there uh there uh, that my first so that was my first appointment i was there for four months so december to april so we spent um christmas there my first christmas away from home so yeah, that was, that was damn touching. Then, then yeah. you're you're tw- like tw- you said like twenty one. So I imagine when, when like you, in that four months you like grew up a lot. You have to because it's like um, people have a misconception that if you're from New York, you're rude. We're not rude. We don't talk to strangers. And <laughs> I don't know why that's rude. But then it's like when you get to the south, you get to four hundred people speak at high. Good morning. How are you? And you're just like, why are you talking? You know, that's a culture shock because I'm like, you don't have a reason to talk to me unless you're trying to guess something. Okay, you know, so yeah. it took me a while to um, adjust to that lifestyle to where we, you know, get up in the morning, speak to people. It's okay to say hi. Not, and now everybody's trying to rob you, you know. But in Kuwait, yeah, they might be trying to rob you. Yeah. Oh, dang. Oh, that's wow. true. Yeah, that's true. You're only you're there for four months. Um, when you came back, were you a civilian or were you living back on Fort Hood? No, no, no. Went back to Fort Hood, and we had a memorial service because one of our battle buddies, um, Regina Martinez, passed away. Oh. So our best friend Kayla just had her first baby, and that was so hard to look her in the face because we didn't bring Regina home. So it was awkward. So our friend group kind of broke up. We, we, it was it's just hard to one minute your crew's there and then the next minute you're not there. And we couldn't explain to Kayla because Kayla didn't go obviously because she's pregnant. So we couldn't explain to her like exactly what happened. Like we, we know the story of what happened. Um, but to go through a four month deployment and then come back and bury a friend and it it was it's weird. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think where's the proper word to say, you know, but so yeah, I mean me, Kayla and I are still friends. You know, we still we had our reunion, like we tried to have the Fort Hood, Texas group reunion. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So got to see her daughter grow up and everything. Wow. She's in college doing her thing, you know. Oh man, she's like 20 now. Yeah, she's like in her twenties. Exactly. The baby. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's crazy. So, yeah. So what yeah, you life, come back to Fort Hood. Huh? What was life like for you after that? Like we're coming back. Oh man. So like I tried dating. I don't know why I tried dating. Did you go over there for four months? Uh and I wasn't dating, so I came back, 21, got hormones going. Um, started drinking. Started drinking. Um, so became a little bit of an alcoholic, just a little bit, not quite full-blown alcoholic yet. Because it really wasn't anything for me to do. And like I said, my brother was gone. And then I think he came back, but it was like later, later. But he was too good to hang out with me. Oh, so he had his friends. Yeah, because he was on one side of Fort Hood. Fort Hood is huge. So he's on the cast comp side of Fort Hood. I'm on the calf side of Fort Hood, not riding horses or nothing. And making my own friends, making my own life. And I met my husband, well, my ex husband. I met him in 2002. Oh, wow. And six months later, we were pregnant. No. 2003 i met him 2002 we had because no, okay the timeline is a little off because it was like <laughs> it was a long time ago we we'll, we'll give you a pass <laughs> <laughs> yeah because when we got married it was like we were six months pregnant but my baby was born in 2004 but january 2004 so it was like that's why the timeline is a little off yeah the end of you don't want to remember the past exes and stuff yeah <laughs> so yeah so what happened was 2003 he said you know we're married i don't want no wife of mine you know in the army you need to be home with me and I, I don't know, I fell for it. I, I did, I fell for it. So I got out the army, right? And had the first baby in 2004. 2005, the twins came. I was like, wait a minute. I know you're Mexican, but damn. Like, <laughs> so uh, we tried it. We tried living as a family and everything, but it just didn't work out. So 2006, I raised my right hand and, got, and came back in. And I told him, I said, I'm not getting out till I retire. And 2012, I got divorced because, yeah, to, yeah, 2004, we had the first baby. 2005, we had the twins, so that's three babies. And then 2010, baby number four. And I was like, you know what? And I, oh, six. And then it, she, she, she knows she was an accident because what happened was 2006, I got deployed to Iraq. Right? We had already moved to Georgia. That was our second duty station. So we, as a family, went from Fort Hood to Fort Stewart, Georgia. And yeah, they were like, you're here because we're going to Iraq. And I said, why do I have to go? It's like, because you're here. So 2006, get sent to Iraq. And I'm out there like, what is this? It was a little, uh, it was way more fun than Kuwait because it was civilization. Buildings are up. We had movie theaters. We had pool parties. We had Latin night. And you know, I like the dance of some salsa. I was happy. I was good. Oh, you know? wow. Taco night every Tuesday. Steak and I had, to, I had the menu down. So Iraq, we were good. Um, I would call home once in a while, make sure, you know, that hey, I'm alive, how the baby, y'all, right? And um, what saved me, I made sure, Walmart, Walmart, because Walmart.com, like, making sure, like, the kids had clothes, diapers, wipes, whatever, you know? Oh, so yeah. you could buy this stuff online and send it to the house? And have it shipped out, yeah. So wow. Yes. Well, it was wonderful, because 2007, when I came home, on my baby's birthday, my oldest birthday, um, 
my mom, I was on the phone. My mom was like, hey, I'm back in the States. She's like, okay. She's like, did you get Benicia's birthday card? I was like, uh, no. Let me go check the mailbox. Right on top of his birthday card was a letter from the child support division. I was like, who do you want child support to? For two weeks, he told me, I don't know what's going on. Found out that, yeah, so 04, I had my son. 05, I had the twins. 06, he made a baby. Where was I in 06? <laughs> was my kids. Oh. Yeah. Ouch. What? But I stayed with him again because, and, I, and the reason I stayed with him because both moms, my mom and his mom were like, oh, a man's going to do what a man's going to do. It's a man's world. You got to stay home for the kids. And I was like, how am I stay home for the kids when I'm deployed all the time? I'm, I'm working. I'm not even at the house, you know? Mm-hmm. But I stayed with him and then I um, had my daughter and I was like, you know what? I'm independent. I could do this by myself. I divorced him. Well, good for you, like for for having the courage to kind of do that because yeah. that does take a lot of courage, yeah. especially when older people in your life are telling you, "Ah, whatever, who cares?" You know, for you yeah. to go, you know what? I deserve better than that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's not even. I didn't date for the longest time. Like once I got divorced, I stayed single because I went from a married uh, woman with four children and a career to a divorced woman with four children and a career. Two of my kids are disabled. How do I navigate going to act? Remember, this is active duty army, so I still have missions. I still have to go to the field. I had to find people to leave my children with and do all this stuff. And it was like, it was, you talk about stress? Yeah. Yeah, a lot on your plate. Yeah. I did. I did. We pulled through, so I I don't know how, but (laughs) we pulled through. We just (laughs) do. We just do when we need to. We don't know how we do it. Right. We just do. That's awesome. How did uh, how did comedy, stand up comedy, yeah. come into your life? So um, here in, we have a comedy club called the El Paso Comic Strip, and every Sunday it's free for soldiers. So Ooh. I would go like, I, yeah, I had a friend like she's like, you know what? Because my kids were old enough to like be left at home, so she's like, you need a night out, let's go. So every Sunday we go to comic club, go to the comic club, and then it was a cool comic club because you would talk to the comics. They'll stay after the show. Oh wow! And I started talking to the locals, and the front door girl she knew me. So 2017, (laughs) I was coming off of active duty, and she was like, "Hey, I'm moving. She's going back to California." I said, "Well, who sent you spot?" She goes, "You are." I said, "What?" She was like, "So she set me up an interview with the owner, got me the job at the comic strip because she's like, you know all the local comics. Why not?" And then I started working there. And then the comics, they oh, why do we always ask, how was our set? And I was like, do you want the truth? <laughs> so there was always that one person like, that doesn't want the truth, but they ask for it. And she's like, if you think you can do better, you get on stage. And then sure enough. So I worked the comic strip for four months. And then after that, I just started getting on stage. And my first year, of course, was horrible because I didn't know that there was techniques <laughs> And structure. I just thought you get up there and tell jokes. And I'm up there like, why is everybody looking at me? Bad. <laughs> it was bad. So basically, I got dared into doing comedy. You know? Wow, that's so cool. How did you enjoy working the door at the club? It's, it's okay, look. Look. <laughs> we in El Paso. I don't know if y'all know the demographic, but it's predominantly Hispanic Latino. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. A couple of sprinkle of, you know, the nons, you know, not non-Spanish speaking. The nons. So, <laughs> are you, are you Spanish speaking? I don't speaking? know how to say it nicely. Do you, <laughs> wait, do you speak Spanish? Oh, si, yo hablo español. 
Oh, nice. I've been so, knowing. So it helps. <laughs> right. So it helps. Yeah, it does. It does. But people, uh, like customer service, you have to be real strong with your customer service because people will come in and they'll be like, I got tickets. I'm like, all right, can I sign you in, please? You know, you talk to them on nice. They just want to, you know, me and all my friends. And I hate to say it, I don't care. Right. Listen, the comics that come, the, the, the out of town paid comics that come, they'll invite their family and their friends. They're like, and then they forget to tell you that oh, their yeah. family is a little bit different, rude. Oh. Okay. I'm from New York. I know rude. So they'll come in and like, yeah, uh, I'm brother with so and so, and I'm sister of so and so. That's nice. Can I please see your ID? Can you going to pay because your name is not on the list. What you mean I'm not on the list? So you had like so much. So I got fired because um, they were like, yeah, the owner said you're too military. He knew I was military. I thought that was a good thing because you know, I'm not going to take no shit. I'm not going right. to let this yep. But over me, stuff like that. Door. Exactly. So show me ID cards. We would get print calls. And I was like, all right, so your call's recorded. I'm going to just send it to the police and let them handle it. Click. They call back. I'm sorry. I was just late. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so the customer service guys had to be like way up there. Yeah. And then I was told you're not allowed to tell a comic that their family is like, you know, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like, that I you didn't know. Honest. They're your family. Like, you didn't know. They can't be honest. Yeah, that's their yeah, like, stage. You come in here like it's a five-star restaurant demanding stuff. Like, sit down and watch the show. Do they still? But uh, even though that you got dismissed from your job, do they still let you do comedy? Like, were you still doing comedy there? I've never done comedy there. Oh, Um, you never did comedy there, with the exception of so the way he has it is, uh, if there's a comedy competition, you can participate in that, right? But if you're a local comic, um, it, it was told to us that local comics will bring down the value of comedy, so. You're not that funny, or he's 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 taking a chance on you that you're gonna bomb, and uh, people will stop coming. So he will only put people on the stage that are um, not locals, not colored, not women. Yeah, I'm telling it anyway, because it's it's frustrating to be a comedian. I've gone on six years, and I can't work the local club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why why that. why not? And then when you ask him, you talk to him. He'd tell you, oh, I'll consider it. You'll consider what? Now he now flash fast fast forward. Now there's a female comedian that's finally hosting. Wow. Do you know how many teeth you had to pull just to be a host? And that's only that and that's the only thing he lets the local comics do is host. We don't get up there to do feature, we don't do it up to the headline because we're locals. You know? So when people ask, Oh, well, when are you gonna perform at the comic strip? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Yeah. When? yeah. <laughs> When I get famous, I guess. <laughs> I, I, exactly. That's what we all say. But it's like, in reality, wow. will it ever happen? You know? So if your own local club won't let you on. Now, I can understand if you, like, you suck and you yeah. work that's different. But where do you go get the practice at? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So then where did you get your start? Where did you start doing comedy? I started comedy in 2017. And I like June 2017, I started. And I would, what happened was there's pro- the producers that do work at the comic strip as hosts. What they did was they, they formed two different production companies. Don't ask me why we have so many production companies. And what they would do is have open mics at bars, restaurants, wherever. 
and that's how you get in you get in but the problem about that is like it's never an open mic to get good enough to get on that stage you know <laughs> yeah. so it's like and then and a lot of the old and i feel bad for the open micers because a lot of them don't realize that there's levels you start as the open micer then you work as a host work to feature you work to headliner you can even get mc jobs mm-hmm. depending on how good you are they don't realize that so we had a bunch like i'll probably tell you a drama but i don't care but it's like <laughs> a, it, it's, it doesn't make sense to have so many different bars and venues if you're not going to put them on the main stage you know, but it worked out because we end up doing open mics and from open mics, we, we make showcases at some of the establishments because they like the comedy, but then they don't want to pay. So yeah. it's like, yeah, we'll let you run a show here. And then I'm like, all right, we're going to charge tickets. They're like, what, my regulars? Okay, your regulars can afford it. I see they bought tag. They'd be all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, they begin making the regulars pay for tickets. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm just like, how do you pay the comics? Right. Yeah, that's the age old age old question is how do you pay the comics? Yep. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're not getting paid to do the show. Right. Yeah. Tickets is a lot of free It is. It is. So in the beginning I did a lot of free shows. So yeah. And then I got guest spots, guest spots, guest spots, guest spots. And then I was like, um, one day I there was a position open to host one of the open mics and I asked for it. And then I got on and started getting my hosting chops. And that was pretty cool. Oh, but wow, that's a, cool. But it was at a, like a rowdy bar where they fight. Oh, <laughs> man. So I'm just like, all right, whatever you say, it's a long run to the parking lot. So good luck. <laughs> did, a, yeah. did a fight ever break out in, in the middle of one of your sets or anything? Not mine, thankfully, no. That's oh, good. Wow. No. That's good. No. Why is the host wearing a bulletproof comments. vest? <laughs> <laughs> a bulletproof? You mean a stab-proof? We've had, <laughs> uh, had comments get bottles thrown at them, stabbed. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. yeah. But crazy. we don't do comedy at that, at that location anymore. So. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, Too many witnesses. <laughs> sounds dangerous. No, no. It, it teaches you how to deal with hecklers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's very true. It's very true. So you said that you were recently traveling. Where did you uh, Where did you travel to recently? So we we did a show in Pecos, and we went to Tucson, Arizona. I don't know if you guys know Roxy. We finally did a show with Roxy from oh. Tucson, Arizona. Okay, I don't Roxy. know if I do, but okay. She did cool. the wrench comedy. So the wrench comedy. Nice. Uh, we did shows with her. Pecos was my first time going out in Pecos because oh, awesome. it's a big oil town, so they, they they have nothing to do out there. So any entertainment they can get, they they appreciate it a lot. That's yeah. Cool. So yes. Hell yeah! And you uh, you traveled out here to California recently. We were able to hang out with you and uh, yes, we went to the Jim Henson August. exhibit. That was super fun. Uh, how was that your trip to California? That was awesome. So coming out to California, I was like, I don't know anybody. <laughs> and you know what? You know what I did? Like I went and put um on the California page for the comedy ones. I was just like, Yeah, I'm coming to California. Before I did my research, so I got offered a bunch of jobs. People vouched for me. I was so grateful. But I didn't realize where Dublin was and where San Francisco was. I had no way to get there. Oh wow! So I missed. So I missed out on a lot of shows. But I still thanked everybody that booked me. It was like really cool. I was able to do a couple of open mics out there. Oh, so nice. I went to the Mil- 
yeah, the milk one, the milk, milk bar. Yes, milk I've bar. never I been there all these years. I've never been the milk bar. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, it was. It was nice. It was like um a coffee lounge, but not. But it was. It, it was. Really, but they were warm, welcoming. Um, I didn't have an issue except for one comic. Like one comic was. Like my jokes was fire. He had to like wipe the microphone. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm talking about who that was off off the air. I don't even know <laughs> the guy's name. <laughs> I don't even know the guy's name. Oh, so, yes, bet. but it was great to link up with you and Athena. Then we got to meet and I got to meet Deb. So that was awesome. Yeah, that was super fun. We went to that Jim Henson Museum. That was incredible. Right. And then before you guys got there, I, I was trying to walk around and then the fire department showed up. I was like, well, let me go back to the museum. Oh, what? What happened? What did we miss? You guys missed it. There was like a five alarm going off. There was an alarm going off in one of the tall buildings across the street from the museum. And, but I didn't smell any smoke. And the people that were in the restaurant on the corner, they were just like watching. And I was like, I'm not going to move out the way for the, the fire department to get in the building. Everybody just sat there, kept their space on the line. And the line was outside, wrapped around wow. the corner. To Nobody moved. The place? Yes, and nobody moved out the way for the fire department. I'm like, okay, we're just going to stand right here. And I, wow. I tried to stand where I could see something because, you know, I'm nosy. Yeah. You know, so I'm just going right. I just wanted to look. See nah. what's going on. Nothing. Right, but I was like, let me see. No, no, being nosy gets you in trouble. So I walked back to the Jim Henson Museum, and I just I just waited for you guys <laughs> to get by the there. Time, uh, by the time we got there, I guess everything mellowed out, even though I was super stressed out because of parking. Man, parking sucks in San Francisco. Does it? Hell yeah, it does. Yeah. I don't get I don't get the drive. The army doesn't give us a rental car when we get there. So I'm at the mercy of Uber and the BART. I learned how to take the BART and oh, the, yeah, the BART trolley. gets you around. Mm-hmm. And yes. I think I think uh if you're in Dublin, you if you're you know near Tommy T's, you should be close to the BART station. Yes, I am. We still have the Uber to it though. Cause I tried walking to it and I got lost. I, I got lost. <laughs> yeah, no, that happens. Yeah, I got That's lost. Cool. So I you get, do you to travel to like a bunch of other places for uh, for the military stuff? Of course, of course. Where's some other awesome places you've gone? The fact that you said awesome, you know nothing about. <laughs> hey man, the Bay Area is awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but. So like I've uh, so on the deployment side of house, uh, we always talk about Kuwait, Iraq, up in Afghanistan twice. Then I was stationed at Fort Hood, Fort Stewart, Georgia, uh, here in Fort Bliss at El Paso. So yeah, three duty stations in twenty years, and uh, yeah. So the travel is like kind of limited, but I you know go to New Mexico a couple of times. Um, my unit is in Salt Lake City, Utah, but I haven't been there yet. So it's just like they said they send you where they need you, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Do you get to do comedy every time you kind of travel for for the military stuff? See, now that's what I like about it because it's like the army pays for me to get where I gotta go, and then right, I like look up the even if it's just open mics, which is fine, but I'll look up the the area and see where I can see. So I went to I had to go to Michigan for school, and I did comedy in Grand Rapids in June. That is so cool. That is really cool. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yes, I every opportunity I get, I kind of, I yeah, I kind of use um, the army uses me, so I use it for them. That's yeah, great. no, definitely. I mean, they're they, like you said, they're paying for your airfare and your hotel. Your as long it. as you do what they tell you to do during the daytime, you can play at night. Hell yeah. comedy. There you go. And people to this day still don't believe that I'm in the army because I had I went to work this weekend and there was a new person there 
And I said something and uh, my supervisor thought it was funny, but she didn't. And he was like, oh, you don't know, Sergeant Gonzalez is like a stand-up comedian. It's the fact that he said, is like. So she's oh, like, oh, so, you, so you're a jokester? He's like, no, she gets paid to tell jokes. I said, no, I'm a real. And I had a flyer for a show that's coming up next this week. So I showed her the flyer. She goes, oh, me and my husband love comedy. Yeah, but you didn't love a joke like three minutes ago that I said. <laughs> <laughs> I just I had, said a joke. I had a, a coworker say to me, oh, so I heard you're some kind of comedian. Yeah. And I go, like, yeah, the best that? kind. <laughs> some kind. Like, oh, the good kind, I hope. Um, well, I always tell people I'm the kind that get pulled. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Did you say Sergeant Gonzalez? Yes, I'm Staff Sergeant. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, yes. I don't really know what that means, but that means that you've uh, got some promotion. Enlist- it, it means I'm enlisted and I've been, I like, um, I will tell people what I, what to do now, like supervisors. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And the E6 is like, um, you come to work, you don't have to do too much work now. <laughs> How close are you to uh, military retirement? I have three years left. Oh, wow. wow. I'm going to retire at 27 years. Yep. Wow, 27 years. Yep. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah. Yes. Because, like, yeah, my, my oldest are going to college. I got the, the little ones at the house. I'm 45 years old. I don't need to keep going. Yeah, I mean, at some point you can just settle down and do the comedy and just stick to oh, that. Oh, yeah, that'd be yeah, like, nice. hey, I'll still travel for you guys if you want me to, but right, <laughs> <laughs> you want to send me places, I'll still go, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'll just go hang out, thank you. So, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. What are uh, what are some places that you performed at comedy? Uh, so I performed at Albuquerque, New Mexico, I performed at Revel. Uh, in the Mountain Guys Club 49, uh, Tucson, Arizona at the Surly Wench. Wow. We already covered Milk and Seth from California. Then yeah, um, Odessa, Odessa, Texas, Midland, Texas, Colleen, Texas, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I'm trying to cover, I'm trying to get some more East Coast spots, but it's, yeah. it's a little bit hard. And of course, all over El Paso. Oh, and San, San Antonio and Vegas. Oh, how? oh, oh wow. Nice. Have you been uh, twice? Do you still have family in New York? I do, yes. That'd be a good excuse to go out and do some comedy there. Oh, yeah. No. Never mind. <laughs> <Okay>. never mind. <laughs> I just want to go take to that off the record. I never make it about family, no. Because, yeah. like, true story. So I was I did a show in San Antonio. It was a comedy competition. And I invited my youngest brother to come and, and watch. And, and I thought he was going to vote for me. <laughs> right? Supposed to vote comedy, for you. Yes. Okay. It was my fault. I read the clock backwards. They said the clock was going to count down. So we have three minutes. So in my mind, clock's counting down. So when I looked at the clock, I saw 2.15. I'm thinking I got 15 seconds left before it hits the three-minute mark. They changed it at the last minute. I only did 15 seconds of comedy. Oh, wow. And got off the stage. Oh, and nobody stopped me. Nobody said, you still got time. No, nobody said nothing. So I get up the, oh stage my the show's going on, my and my brother's like, "You was alright, but I'm funnier." He said, and then he was like, he was loud, he was drunk and loud. He was like, "This is the comedy competition. You should have won hands down." Why are they on stage? I was like, "Shh, I can hear you. Shh, don't make it. You be quiet." He was like, "I'm funny though. I'm about to get up on stage right now." I said, "In the middle of the competition, you just gonna get up and go on stage. You can't do that. Stop it. No. You're gonna get me blacklisted. Stop." 
So the end of the competition, um, the two people that they picked to win, my brother voted for one of them. <laughs> he said he, he should have won and he didn't vote for you? Exactly. He voted for the runner-up. But go tell me I'm funny. <laughs> And then afterwards, he goes up to all the comedians. He goes, yo, how could I do this, yo? I want to be in it, yo. I'm like, yo, I'm funny. I could do this. I'm funny. Like, Stop talking like that. You was English. Introduce yourself proper. Jeez. Did he ever do it? No. No. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. Because me being the older sister that I have, I was in my feelings that night. I was drinking too. But that's beside the point. So I called my mom. I said, hey, he's embarrassing me. And I don't know what he's doing. They're not going to be my friends. <laughs> so she goes, or she hangs up the phone with me. She calls him on his phone. Stop embarrassing your sister. Let her have her friends. You wasn't worried about doing it. You can't do it now. <laughs> oh, <dang. laughs> oh, mom. You can't start now. <laughs> just, just be quiet. Because she was like, that's her thing. That's her thing. Let her do her thing. Because my mom didn't believe that I was a comic. So when my brother told her, he's like, yeah, I'm at the show. She's actually funny. I think she's funnier than other people. But then, hey, they, they won. So my mom got the valid, validation from him that, yeah, she's a standard comic. She'd be actually on stage telling jokes. Oh, wow. That's cool. Because yeah, my family didn't believe me when I told them, you know? So yeah. they actually came and see me. Athena's grandma thought she was rapping. Oh, that was so silly. She to said, me. "Hey, do you still do the rapping?" No, no. I was, uh, I was showing my dad a clip of me on stage, and my grandma came over and she was like, "What, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm telling jokes on stage." And she goes, "Jokes? I thought you rapped." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> you got the Freestyle Friday flow coming right? through. <laughs> Like grandma, no. Because I, I don't know. I just, I don't really personify a rap artist in my head. So hearing that was just like, where did you get that from? Like, where? It would have been worse if she started rapping. Like, (laughs) let me give you some bars. I'm like, grandma. She's like, let me get a verse on that. (laughs) Right. Like I mean, I, I carry myself like a cool rapper, so maybe that's why she thought. Oh, that. maybe, maybe so. Yeah, because I carry That'd myself. That'd be so like cool. <laughs> I think I think you could do it. I think you could do it. Yeah. Or like spoken just, word, if anything, like the spoken yeah. word. Like that's just poetry. Poetry slam. Yeah, that's okay. Poetry slam. I want to take it down. I want to do poetry slam. Yeah. Like yeah. Do you uh do you do a lot of material about like the military and stuff like that? You know what? No, because I don't know how. Yeah. Not, I think maybe a lot of people wouldn't get it, too. Well, yes. Because in the military, we talk way different. We like more stir. It sounds like we're cold-hearted, but it's like, we have to make sure you're going to be alive, you know? Yeah. We take it a little bit more serious thing. And in the dark humor, because of the, the stress level, we say dark humor stuff that we can, like, you know, yeah. say. Because but if we say that yeah, somebody yeah. else, I was like, oh, my gosh, how do they talk to me that way? Yeah. yeah. Because we have to make sure that you're listening. So we have to say off-the-wall things to make sure that did it get into your head? Is it registering with you? You know? And then a lot of it, it's OPSEC. So, like, 
operational security. So we can't tell people where we are, where we're going, how long we're going to be there because the enemy is always listening. The enemy is always watching. So when you have so many uh, military rules in you, it's hard to come over to the comedy side and try to tell jokes because you're like, dang it, I'm not giving away secrets, right? I'm not talking about the wrong thing, right? So I'm slowly trying to get the military jokes because I've had people tell me, mostly military, like, yo, you know, we have a lot of scenarios you can talk about on stage. And I'm like, can I? It's like, yeah, it was funny. It happened. Well, who gonna come after you now? So start mm-hmm. telling it because I was, mm-hmm. you know, because I only have one joke right now when I do talk about the military, you know. So I, I have more, but I just haven't figured out how to do it this year. And then I think once you retire from the military, oh, yeah. also you'll be able to like talk a little more freely about it as well. Yes, I think that's what it is because yeah. it's like anybody can see a tape or whatever and like use against you. Yeah, no, definitely. Because I mean, you know, like for for work, and I imagine the same thing will go for the military as well. There's a code of conduct where you can't really say things that are negative, light in a public setting about your employer. Because if your employer finds out, you could be fired. And then for you, like discharge or you know whatever the case would happen. Right. So yeah. So I can, I can see I've heard that. A lot of, I can see that. Yeah, because I've heard comics tell military jokes that have never been in the military, and they're good jokes. <laughs> How's that possible? I'm in, and I can't tell the joke. <laughs> That's why they can though, because they have nobody to hold them accountable. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I would love to tell. It's basically we just be military stories anyway. Yeah. yeah. So were you when you uh, got stationed when you came back? Were you because you said there's a there's a, a fort uh, there's a military base in El Paso? Is that where you were? And is that where you decided to stay because you just like El Paso? No, I stayed here because um, in 2012 I was already stationed here and I went through my divorce here as, a, as and I was transitioning from a married mom to a single mom. I just didn't feel strong enough to move anywhere else. Yeah, to take yeah. the because like the four kids, two of them disabled, and then I would have to restart doctor like the doctor visits again, oh, getting them sense. situated again, the schools again, picking the area where like I can drive and get from point A to point B within a certain amount of time. Um, El Paso being at as uh, uh, a nice size town, but it's twenty minutes to get everywhere, as oh, opposed wow. to like San Antonio driving around and getting stuck on the loop, missing. It was just too much. So I just figured, like, let me just stay where everything's already established. And I just, you know, stayed. Yeah, excellent. That's cool. How far are you yeah. from San Antonio? Because I know you go uh, hang out with Irma and Berto and all those guys. Right. Uh, it's eight-hour drive. Oh, wow. You know, eight-hour drive. If I fly, two-hour flight, not not too much going on. That's but crazy. I don't mind driving. I like driving. I mean, you probably, yeah, you probably have super, a lot of patience because – of your military background, but that's crazy. Eight hours to go do a couple of shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one way, just yeah, back. just to hang out there, get on a show, hopefully do good. Um, I find it cheaper though, because it's like when you add up the flights and the hotels, it's like super expensive. And Irma's like it's such a sweetheart, like she lets you stay at her place, you know. So it's just oh, like wow. you don't have to worry about room and board, you just stay with her and yeah. have that hospitality. I would love to do that one day with traveling comics, open my home home. Yeah. I don't have a home yet. <laughs> I'm renting, so we can't. <laughs> yeah, no, us too. We definitely, you know, like to open up our home to comics if we can too. Like, especially for like holidays and things like that, because yeah. some people don't really have anywhere to go for holidays. Right. And they come out to do a show and they're like, we're doing the show. I'm like, oh no. Oh, <laughs> That'd be cool. 
Sharita, so I know that uh, you, you've been through the military and you kind of were dared into comedy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard that one, by the way, dared into comedy. No. Is there something in comedy that you, you kind of want to like work towards? Is there a goal that you're trying to achieve? Um, now my com- my comedy goal that I'm trying to achieve now is to be nationwide, like to be able to travel the country and to go to different cities yeah. to see how their comics tell. Because every city has like um, their comedy must-haves, mm-hmm. you know? Like here, you know, we have we need five minutes. You go to LA, three minutes, San Antonio, everybody has like different and then different types of crowd. So it's like jokes that work here in El Paso, I want to go see if they work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then because that then really get, get like gets you to know if you're a good comic or not. Because anybody here in your hometown will be like, Good set, yeah, that was funny. But you yeah. go somewhere where they don't know you, never seen you, hurt you, um, and then you do a set and they're like, Oh my gosh. Yes, that's such a good feeling. It really is. Yeah, it is. Like so you go like, to a so new place like, and just kind of blow yeah. people away with your with your jokes, as opposed yes. to saying people who heard your jokes over and over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll tell you anything. I'm like, yeah, that was great. But the goal—that's <laughs> my goal right now, just to see how many clubs I can get to nationwide and stuff. Great yeah, goal. That's I incredible. Like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any projects or anything? Just, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Projects. Oh, no, projects coming up. Um, I just have, so this Wednesday, I'm at Craft and Social in El Paso. Thursday, I'll be at In and Mountain Gods again. Um, so I just got picked up with Entertainment Max, which is, is, is a, a, a booker for the resorts, I guess. Oh, so wow. I finally leveled up to feature. Oh, oh congratulations. Thank you. So, you know, so with them, you have featured just 30 minutes spot. So I'm like, yes, I finally, I'm finally there. So it's like, um, progression you know like you've done enough open mics now you've done enough uh showcases you've hosted enough so now let's work on getting feature spots so that way you can put up to the headliner spots you know and i'm liking the pace that i'm not trying to do too much too fast i'm trying to learn as i grow yeah. um and i still have one person you're still an amateur comic i was like yeah i'm saying hey yeah it's like so, you're you're a sergeant in comedy too now <laughs> yeah, so just to see the level of progression um, is it's a, it's a blessing to do this job because it's not hard. I mean, no, no, it's not easy. It's not hard once you have your three minutes, your five minutes, and your 15 minutes. But when you start adding more minutes, your 20, 25 to 30 to your 40 minutes, you're like, oh, I don't said all I could possibly say. I gotta say some more stuff. <laughs> and then to be consistently funny throughout. You know, yeah. and I have a speech impediment because I have the accent, not the Texas accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what but, kind of accent um, do you have, though? I have the New York accent, the native New Yorker. Like, get out of here. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get nervous. Oh my goodness, you don't understand nothing I'm saying. Okay. Like, <laughs> and then I speak faster than this. So it's like Speedy Gonzalez, arriba, 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 andale, andale, andale. <laughs> Man, but I do. So I have to learn um, to articulate, make sure I slow down and pace myself so that they can get the jokes. Because before, nobody told me, but my first year, when I was on stage telling jokes, they told me later, 
you spoke so fast. We just laughed because we didn't know what you said. <laughs> so you gave me the sympathy laughs. And then like, well, you spend on stage waiting. Like you would, like we could tell from your body language that you were waiting for an answer back. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to help with that. <laughs> we were just scared of you, so we laughed. Right, like, help, help me get better. Help me get better. Yeah. Yeah, I have the same problem though. It's I need to uh, stop, enunciate, and make sure that you can hear everything I say. Because like, sure. if I and talk too fast, sometimes slow. I even slur my words a little bit. I think I have like a like a lisp, and so I like I do this joke where I talk about working from home, and mm-hmm. I say uh, the best part about I say I can't even talk now. The best part about working from home, is, or the no, the weirdest part about it is is. Now I steal the toilet paper and I have to pause right there and I go from and I pause again and I say myself. That oh. way I, I pause in those places so you can understand what I'm saying. Because if I say it all at once, it kind of gets jumbled together. Right. And that's what you learn. Like the more I'm open, like you do, more getting on yeah. stage, you work that because that's all delivery and timing. Yeah. That you can't really do on Zoom because Zoom, like, um, I was grateful for the mics, but the feedback from the, like, if your internet service is no, no good, everybody gonna know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what you learn: your pause, your timing, your delivery methods, and and then you get on a live stage and see how it works. If it doesn't work, what to tweak and fix. So it's a lot to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Zoom, we did meet you on Zoom during the pandemic. We got to meet you in person, but we originally met you in Zoom. Uh, yes. What was the pandemic like for you, and how did you get into doing the comedy mm-hmm. online? Um, so I don't know if you know Dante Verdusco. He was an Opaso comic. He moved to Vegas. We I don't, don't know so. why. We, well, okay. Well, we, we don't know why he moved to Vegas. Why didn't I ask? He moved to Vegas, and it's, I think somebody invited him to the comedy, the Displaced Comedians page. So okay. he sent me an invite, and I thought it was a joke. I was like, what is this? And I just took a chance and I I joined the group and then I saw the different comedians, the different open mics. And I and I went back to the open mics before we like totally shut down. I was like, hey, there's open mics online. We're not doing that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So so the not to say all the open listen, I'm the only El Paso comic that does open mics. I'll just say that. Uh, that that did the Zoom shows. Yeah, I think that. you might be. But uh, yeah, because they were just like that's not real comedy. What are you talking about? It's the only outlet we have during the pandemic. Yep. There's no shows. So where are you going to practice? And I was grateful for it because it allowed me to write new, still write material, yeah. write relevant material, still had a, a, an audience um, because it was like mostly us, most comics, because we always perform for more comics. And then I started getting um, booked for showcases. I was like, there's showcases? And um, oh, I'm, and then I became an international comic because I was performing in the UK and Wales and Kuala Lumpur. I was like, "Whoa, I'm in Malaysia, y'all!" And I don't have passport. <laughs> so that was like, that was so awesome to be able to do all of that without actually live leaving. And the having the Zoom shows because you're still providing laughter because people yeah. were so depressed. Yeah. I wasn't because I had four kids to take care of, and every TV in the house was on or something. I couldn't watch nothing, so I was on my phone. <laughs> so I was on Zoom with y'all. You know, so the kids was happy. So as long as the kids was happy, I was happy. Mm-hmm. So it, it didn't bother me too much. Yeah. You know, I got reacquainted with my couch. I didn't have to leave the house. What? <laughs> so it was yeah, great. The, not just performing in like Malaysia, but like making friends. Yeah. You know, yes. in other countries yes. across the U.S. Yes. and all that stuff too. Like, that was yes. such a huge plus. 
It was. And if you did good, you got invited back. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get there. So there was, everybody said the same thing. So when the world opens up, you are welcome. Okay. I guess I got to start saving money up for my passport. <laughs> right? <laughs> Me too. I can't wait till we can start traveling for, for, for comedy and seeing the people that we met on Zoom yeah, and stuff like that. Cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was great because I met so many people. So many, um, like Brooke, she always, 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 um, I'm an asshole friend and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just be honest. She would send me postcards and stuff, but there'll be no address. So I couldn't like, reciprocate. So I was <laughs> so like, how do I send it? Oh, sorry. So Brooke, sorry. <laughs> but just know so if you send me something, but the address, I will reciprocate. You know, I have 10 of them to send to you. <laughs> yeah. And I even went out and bought a book of stamps and everything. But I was like, I just, why would I send it there? And you know what? As common sense, I always pass it to this pastor. I'm not, you know, TBI. I'm, I'm not that smart. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll I mean, none, none of us are. Else we would, we'd be doing a different hobby than comedy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, you mean well. It's like, you want to keep the relationships going. Yeah. So that way, when the world does open up, it's like the travel. It's like you're not stranded at Southwest Airport. You can make it to your destination. Like, hey, how y'all doing? Hugs or fist bumps or elbow elbow tags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely the elbow taps. The elbow taps. Yeah, the world's opening back up now, though. So that's pretty neat. It's it's definitely yeah. different. Well, I, I still wear my mask. Though. Same. Yeah, that's good but for the wrong reasons. Because I, I spit when I talk. So I have to <laughs> Oh, that's that's a good idea, though. There we go. Yeah. It's warm. It's been chilly around yeah, here. It has been chilly. Yeah. <laughs> but I hope too. I can't imagine spitting. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially like you know the the COVID stuff. After that, you know, mm-hmm. you yes. definitely don't want to do that. You see one little yeah. droplet fly out of someone's mouth, and you're like, how dare you? Yeah, like Matrix, <laughs> like Matrix style, like whoa. Yes, I'm like, I'm, 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 I promise you, I'm vaccinated against. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, it's been super fun talking to you, Sharita. Thank you so much for joining Likewise. us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Do you want to plug your uh, social media? Yes. I'm on IG as SHAR1TA underscore. I'm on Facebook as SHA space RITA because I didn't want to put a last name up there. Um, I'm on Twitch as Tiger Lily because I couldn't use my name. <laughs> and I'm also on Twitter. So I'm on almost every social media platform. Um, I'm posting up there. I'm doing things. So follow if you can. Hell yeah. And you can find me across the board at Funky Sam Medina. And me yeah. at She Shines for You, all spelled out. And then everything else we do is at a hypothetical comedy. Hell yeah. Thank yeah. you, Frida. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you.